Yo, 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 what is going on, you guys? It's the Sticky Buttons Podcast here, and we're back. Your favorite internet radio show on everything gaming, <laughs> games we love. It's your host, Brandon. And this is Blake. And we have got a crazy episode this week. I'm really excited about it. But I guess just to start it off on maybe, I guess, a little bit of a, a not-so-hype note, both Brandon and myself are boycotting the video game industry this year. We're not buying any new games. And in part, we were doing that because of all the layoffs in 2023. And unfortunately, you know, this is the second episode of the new year. There have been a ton of layoffs in 2024. So we just wanted to shout that out. You know, our hearts go out to everyone affected. There have been 18 rounds of layoffs this year already in the industry from some wow. big players, including Twitch. And it's bringing the estimated total for this year to over 3,200, which is already 30% of all the jobs lost in 2023. Sheesh. So we're not even out of January and already at 30% of the jobs lost in 2023. So, you know, it's not the best time in the industry. So we're checking out older games this year. We're boycotting and not supporting the industry. And we've still got like so many great games to talk about today. And we're really excited about that. Do you have anything you want to say on the layoffs before we move on, Brandon? Yeah, it kind of sucks to see that trend continuing into 2024. Hopefully it starts to curb itself yeah. soon and we see some more hires. But yeah, we're boycotting this industry because it's just, it sucks. You know, they make all this money. These companies make all this money off of the backs of these people and they're not rewarded. They don't have that job security. Yeah, the people that make the games are really not the ones that benefit monetarily from it in our current system. So that's kind of why we're we're taking a step back, seeing if there's better ways to play and just kind of, I guess, telling you about that whole journey. And I think right now we're, you know, I mean, we're still in January, but right now we're just kind of checking out games that we that we already own that maybe we just haven't gotten to talk about on the show. So yeah, I mean, kind of start, start off on a bummer note, but you know, we've got some great things to talk about today. So let's just move right along. That's all right with you. Definitely. Yeah. Where do I start? I have so many good games I'm bringing to ooh, the table. Ooh, I'm so sorry. Before you start, I want to shout some out before we Go forget. Ahead. We started a Discord. And we shouted it out in our Game of the Year episode, and we forgot to last week. So if you want to join our Discord community, it's something that's available to anyone. The link is in the description of the show notes. Feel free to join us. You know, both Brandon and myself are on there. There's also a lot of, all of our guests have joined, and a lot of other people as well. So it's been a lot of fun. I've been posting, like, some news updates, and if I finish a manga, we've got, like, a manga channel. Yeah. So, yeah. Please join us there. Truly, if you're listening to this, like, please join us. Feel free. That's what it's there for. Join the community. And, sorry to <laughs> step on your feet here, Brandon. <laughs> the Art of Rally, which was one of my games of the year for last year's Goatee List. That game just released this past week on iOS for $4.99. That's awesome. You know, obviously, Brandon and myself are not buying new games right now, but I, we just wanted to shout that out. It's an indie developer and it's $4.99 on your iPhone. That's awesome. I definitely feel like that's a good game to play on your phone. Absolutely. Especially if you have like a backbone controller, or even if you don't. I mean, that game is, it's so pretty that that is just going to be like such a chill, like it's such a great platform for it. Truly, like when I would get on to play, like it was just to like chill out. So it's really just like a vibe game, like throw on a podcast, throw on some lo-fi beats and just kind of drive around great landscapes 
the Art of Riley on iOS and Android, I'm assuming, too. I'm assuming Android. I haven't checked. I would assume so. But all right. All right, Brandon. All <laughs> you. It's all you. Tell me what you got today. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of football recently, tuning into the playoffs, some really good games. Last night I had the pleasure of watching the Chiefs against the Bills, which is a really good game. And all this football I've been watching has been kind of motivating me to get on Madden 24. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a game I play on and off every year. And I've been having a really good time playing head-to-head matches on the ultimate team mode. It's pretty much you assemble your own team of NFL players, whether they're you know legends, current roster, you can create any team you like. And I've been having a lot of fun there, head-to-head, matching up my team against other teams. I've been playing some Mutt squads. That's my ultimate team squads. Essentially, you can get two friends and go up against three other people. And you kind of combine the forces of your teams. And that's been really fun. A lot of really good rewards from playing those modes. The game really does a good job of incentivizing you to check out those modes and i've just been having a great time on madden it's kind of become like a daily ritual almost of just like checking out the marketplace seeing what packs they're giving they're usually giving like a free pack every day it's just one coin which is like coins are super easy to get okay and you can luck out and get like a really high quick sell value player so let's say you get like a 79 overall but they'll quick sell for like fifty thousand coins which is really, really cool. I've been trying my luck there. If there are any packs that are at a really good discount, I'll pick them up. It's really a pay-to-play game, which is rough. Mm. And supporting EA is not like the best feeling. I've just been having a really good time getting my team up to speed, Mm -hmm. competing with some of these people. A lot of people have really good cards, like 95 overalls, 96 overalls, but it feels really good when I still managed to win with my 90 overall team mm-hmm. just because of my skill level in the game so it's yeah i'm having a lot of fun nice do you think that if we weren't kind of doing this boycott do you think you would have bought some packs or bought some players yeah i probably would have added some coins and gone in and bought some packs because they mm-hmm. really incentivize that because you can get some really good players it reminds mm-hmm. me of when i was a lot younger and i would collect like trading cards and it's kind of the same deal. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. So are you mainly just playing online or do you have like a group of friends that you, you compete with? I typically play with my friends. Like we'll play, me and my friend, shout out to my friend Matt. We'll do like a one-on-one pinning up our teams against each other. And he's gotten me beat many times. But as of late, due to the grinding I've mm-hmm. been putting in, I've kind of gotten the hang of it. And I beat him the last two times we've played. And that's kind of been like, pushing me to stay on the grind so my team is better than his team. But sometimes we'll come together and complete solo challenges where you can pretty much, you have like a random goal, like pass for 250 yards or like score a rushing touchdown in less than three plays. And you kind of will merge your teams to complete a solo. Or, you know, mutt squads, we can both go online, pick up a third random person and just go up against three other people and just head-to-head playing with my team, putting them up against other teams that are usually much better than my team because I'm not putting money into the game. But 
yeah, I'm having a really good time with it. Oh yeah, and I think I might. I'm gonna have to skip out on Madden 25 for the latter part mm-hmm. of the year, so it'll give me some time to decide if I want to continue to play Madden. But mm-hmm. I had to delete 2K NBA 2K to make space for it because the storage on my PS5 is just it's 500 gigs. It's not it's not holding up. There are some other games that I really really want to hold on to, like GTA 5. For example, you haven't gotten one of those SSDs yet. No, not yet. I haven't gotten a chance to make that investment, but it's definitely something I, I need to look into. The prices are coming down. I mean, I haven't looked in a while, but I I've heard some grumblings that they're not as expensive as they were. That's so good. I definitely think it's worth the investment because I, once I did mine, I, I was like, I can just like record gameplay, and not have to worry about it, like keep clips, and that's something that I feel like always just took up so much space, especially on like. If you've only got like 500 gigs, like the clips and stuff, like like those got to go, you know? Yeah, I always delete those to make space mm-hmm. for new games. Yeah. Just having to deal with that's a hassle, so you should definitely look into that. It's like 100, 150, I think, for like a terabyte. But I guess back to Madden. If you haven't, I guess, played the franchise in a while, what are some things that you think 23 does good or does well? Do they have any like standout features? if you haven't played in one or two iterations or or just picked up one in a while? I mean, yeah, me personally, I haven't played in a while. That's a good question. You know, I wouldn't say that there really are, but I also wouldn't really know because I only really play Ultimate Team. Okay. And it's really one of those, like, copy and paste games because it's like, Mm -hmm. what can you really change? Like, the format kind of has to stay the same. It has to be like a football game with the, the same rules and regulations. I would say something that I dislike is that certain cards are not available. Like my favorite NFL quarterback ever, Cam Newton, he's not in the game anymore. Why is that? I don't know why. I think it might be because he started his own kind of podcast, which is pretty good, by the way. Shout outs to Cam Newton's podcast. I'm not remembering the name right now, but you just <laughs> you just YouTube it. And I don't think he's like signed to Disney or any of the you know NFL platforms so they're probably kind of like boycotting his stuff which is interesting it's upsetting though I, you know I wish I had Cam Newton in the game yeah that's too bad that, that he's not in I'm not super familiar with him as a player why are you drawn to Cam Newton I saw him do some crazy things when he was on the field dude like one of the things that comes to mind is like he would like backflip or front flip into the into the oh. end zone like over a <laughs> yeah, defense yeah, <laughs> and he's just a really good scrambler like whenever the defensive backs put pressure on him he can just run right out of the pocket and really throw a defense off so it made for some really dynamic plays some really exciting games that'd be fun to watch definitely yeah i was a huge panthers fan as a kid. Oh yeah man that's awesome yeah so now i have luke keekley who's a middle linebacker for the Panthers. I don't think he's playing anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, he puts in work on my team. Oh yeah, man. Have you played fantasy football? Are you into that? I used to play fantasy football. Kind of just became one of those things where it's like a bit time consuming and I didn't want to always be in that like football mode, especially because I I enjoy the multitude of sports. So yeah, I haven't played fantasy football in about two, three years. Oh, man. I mean, I don't think this has come up between us, but I played fantasy football this season. Yeah. How <laughs> did are you I, doing? Did I tell you about this? 
No, how are you doing? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> so as you probably know, I mean, Brandon definitely knows, but if you're a listener, I'm not like the biggest sports fan. I like it. I don't feel the need to keep up with all of the players. I mean, I follow the news on the sports broadly. Like I was really interested in that, like that Saudi league for golf. I don't even remember what it's called now. I generally, like, there's a couple of players that I like. Honestly, I think Aaron, my girlfriend, probably knows more football players <laughs> than me just because of, like, the Kelsey brothers and... Taylor Swift and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I actually, I did see more games than I'd normally do this season. Aaron's family, they're, they're Eagles fans. So I was, they're Eagles fans. That's a good team. Are you a Detroit fan? Because the Lions are... <sighs> Lions could win. They could. And, I know. I it, it's the first story. time in like 25 years, and I should be rooting for them, but I fucking hate the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> but I, as somebody from Michigan, I am very happy that they've made it this far. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to try and log in and so I can tell you my team. Michigan, the Michigan college football team won this year. Yeah, it's honestly, it's been a great year for Michigan sports. They won the championship. All right, so you ready for my team? Yes, let's hear it. So I've got the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Pat Mahomes. I got him. Okay. Yeah, he's been... That's my quarterback. Happy about that. For my running backs, I also had... Oh, man, I feel bad. Who's the... Kirk Cousins. I had Kirk Cousins. At one point, I drafted him. He's also... He's the quarterback for the... the he's your backup quarterback? He was my backup quarterback, and he's he was on the Minnesota... Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Yeah. And I traded him, I think, for a running back or something. So I've got, for my running backs, I've got Miles Sanders, Kyrie Williams, I've got Devontae Pierce, and I don't know if you would know this player. I actually wasn't familiar with him until I got him. B. Robinson, Brian Robinson Jr. Brian Robinson. He's a running back He's in for the, the Commanders. The Commanders. Mm-hmm. And then for running backs, I've got Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf. I think I'm saying that right, from the Seattle Seahawks. You mean wide receivers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, wide receivers. Yeah, Devontae Adams is, is a great receiver. Yeah, wide receivers, my bad. Metcalf is awesome. Yeah, he's good. I've got Marquise Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, man. <laughs> That's honestly probably what cursed my team. Yeah. And I've got, <laughs> I've got Darnell Mooney, who I think is kind of a bit of a rookie, and Michael Wilson, who's also a bit of a rookie. And then I've got oh, – also I had um, um, Joshua Kelly, who's also, I, I think, a bit of a rookie. And then I had Kyle Pitts as my tight end. Okay. I also had Terry McLaurin from the Commanders, who's a, a running back. I had him as my flex player. I think I got a pretty good lineup. I think I did pretty all right in the draft. I'll... Sounds like a mean team. I mean, if you had that in ultimate yeah. team, you'd be cooking. So <laughs> would you like to guess my record? So there's 14 games. I'll say you're maybe like 6-8. and eight. I would have loved to have been 6-8, and eight, Brandon. I ended this season last in my league 0-14. Oh, what? Damn, Blake. I had, like, the craziest luck. I walked into a couple, like, Mondays. I was like, all right, I'm going to win this week. I think the one that hurts the most for me is, like, 
It was against my boss. And he had the kicker on one team for the Monday night game. He had the kicker on one team and the defense on the other. And between the two of them in that game, he got like 30 points. Like 3-0. Wow. It was just like, I'm like, there's no way he's going to beat me with this. Like, in order for him to beat me, he would need to have like the craziest thing. The defense would have to like absolutely pop off on this one team. And like the kicker would just have to have an amazing game. And that is exactly what happened. And I had the most points scored against me in the whole league. Just got wrecked. Didn't win a single game. That's rough, dude. I hurt my pride a little bit because I was like, I feel like I drafted a good team. I like did yeah, some research. I feel like I got some good players. You got some really good players. That roster should have gone well. But unfortunately for fantasy, some of those players did kind of sell this season. But I want to ask, does your league have any prizes for first place or vice versa, a punishment for last place? Thank God there was no punishment for last place, but it was $100 to buy in. And I think second place gets a little something, but first place gets like like 900 bucks, I think. So it's a pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty cool work league. I will definitely be joining next year. I actually did fantasy baseball this year as well. I did better in fantasy baseball. So I think I may have to... That's good. That's reassuring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really like fantasy baseball because, you mean, you really have to check it every day. Yeah. I thought it was fun because it was like five minutes every day. You know, just check in, make sure your team's good. And actually, I also want to say both this in my fantasy baseball season and my fantasy football season, I got incredibly lucky with injuries. And I feel like that is just one thing that just, it's very hard to have a team that doesn't have a lot of injuries. And thankfully, I really didn't. I mean, there's a couple times you had to manage it here and there, but I didn't have to like drop my star player, you know, because they, they tore their Achilles or anything. So. Well, let's hope for Blake to make a comeback next season and go for yeah, let's, yeah, let's hope 2024 <laughs> is a better fantasy year for me. Uh, not to derail there and steal your Madden Thunder, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fun. That was fun. That's kind of the whole premise of Ultimate Team is you kind of like get to do that, but actually like play with the players and try your luck at, you know, besting the other team. Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I, it's a fun premise because it's... I don't know. It's just it's like a fun, quick, I don't know, kind of thing. And I I did enjoy the games more than I had like a fantasy team. So I think that's really what it's about. That's awesome. Do you want to go over another game? Yeah, moving past Madden. Let's see. I have been playing a bit more Starfield. Okay. So I've got my hands dirty again with this corporation, Ryujin Industries. <laughs> They keep sending me on these shady missions. Like, I've been going to threaten competitors. I've been sneaking into warehouses and kind of tampering with sensitive equipment. I met this really, like, conceited architect, senior architect. She's very demeaning, and I kind of felt good about messing with her work. Because, like... I just wanted to like make some conversation so that I didn't get caught sneaking into like using my digipick to sneak into this place where they were keeping the container with this this part. And what happened basically was one of our competitors was making they were designing a ship or or an engine that would be 14% more efficient than anything else in the market. And so really? we wanted to 
kind of throw them off a bit, make them look bad. And so when I was going there, I snuck into the warehouse. I had to dock my ship. I snuck into the warehouse. And this senior architect, she was just like looking at some like work or like some some drawings she had. Some designs. Exactly. And she was like, are you here to deliver coffee? And I was like, no, I'm not. I just wanted to ask you about your work. I was curious about what you're doing here. And she was like, it seems like you have a lot of time. So can you go get me some coffee? (laughs) I was like, all right. Now I don't feel bad about what I have to do. And so I kind of talked her ear off a little bit. I went, because I have been getting caught up on missions, Blake. I've been messing up. I've a mission before I had to go to this club where people were doing this drug. I don't get what, I don't remember the name of the drug. But Is it called Aurora? Aurora? Yes, yes. They've been doing that drug and I was there to speak to someone who was planning to work with a competitor and we didn't want them to work with them. I had to convince her that, you know, maybe they're not the best fit. You know, I kind of brought up some doubts for her and I just made my, no, what happened was I got caught stealing because oh. I've had to take the key card. I went to the bartender. I bribed him to give me her key card. And I went to her room and I kind of planted some damning evidence on the other corporation so that she could see it. And so when I was talking to her, it went well. But when I got back to report to my boss, she was like, oh, yeah, we heard the work that we were doing doesn't involve stealing. And so they docked some of my pay for that. So I was very careful when I went to the warehouse. So you've been fucking up on Ryujin's behalf, man. I've been fucking up. They don't tolerate that, dude. No, I met the boss's boss, and she was even more condescending. She was like, because my boss was like, he's the best recruit I've ever hired. And she was like, he's the only recruit you've ever hired. And I was like, damn, (laughs) she's cut through. But, you know, she kind of has to be. She's the head of operations. So, you know, she has to, like, see things for what they are. and. Yeah, so I went and I tampered with that engine. I went back. So you didn't like try and like steal their like designs for the engine. Like you're just going there to fuck up their engine. Exactly. Like fuck up with their product. Exactly. Damn. So that when they do it, I think they were going to do like a display or they were going to like model it and it would fuck up when they're modeling it and it just doesn't look good. They don't get as many investments. And Dang. Yeah, some shady tactics. Was it like a demo? Like you were like messed with their demo? Like they were demoing the product? Exactly. Okay. I was messing with their demo. They have no clue because I was very sneaky. But dude, the DigiPix are a little difficult. Like you really got to be smart with that puzzle. I love the DigiPix. That was one of my favorite parts about that game. I'm really sad that I never found like how to get a job or like to how to like go through that with Rayusian. I feel like I missed that, but I... I feel like what I'm going to do for Starfield is I feel like I'm going to come back to it whenever I have a better piece of hardware that can run it. Yeah. And by then, hopefully, that'll all be ironed out. But dang, I'm jealous that you get to experience that. But that's kind of crazy. So have you made it through like them demoing it? Like what happened? No, I'm, I actually, I need to wait for that those results to come in. Are they just sent me on another mission where I'm going to have to throw Oh, so someone. like you don't get to see the demo. Like you don't get to like see no, it live. I kind of just hear about the news. Like whenever I report for the next oh. task, they're like, oh, this is what happened. And it's only if I ask about it. Like they're not going to tell me. They're very like reserved. I'm just a worker. That's interesting. Man, I just like imagine like Steve Jobs coming up onto the stand 
And like, I guess like, I don't know, have you ever heard this story about like the demo of like the, the first Mac that had the mouse? No, I didn't, but I love the video of when Windows first launched and they were like on the stage dancing. It was such a funny, like that's such a wholesome moment. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I have seen that. That's funny. It's just so goofy. Yeah. Was that Bill G- I, yeah, that guy's odd, man. <laughs> but yeah, I think one of the first Macs, the one that had the mouse, when they went out to demo it and like they had like the startup screen that does like the hello. Yeah. I guess that they were having like a lot of problems at the time, like getting that to boot. Like, I guess there was like a lot of like, like, I think this was like a six out of 10 chance that it was going to happen and a four out of 10 chance it was going to fail. And they were like, I, we won't know because we're like, we're having problems with like, you know, whatever it was. And he just like went out there and did it and thankfully like it worked but like what would have happened you know what i mean if it yeah, did they would have lost like, investors that easily that's crazy it's crazy to like you fucked that up for the steve jobs of starfield <laughs> <laughs> i kind of did dude and i'm so grateful that and she's pursuit... working so hard you were just supposed to get her a coffee man and you nah, fucked her I'm whole glad, thing up listen i'm glad i fucked her over <laughs> but i'm super happy that i invested into the persuasion skill I can't tell you how useful it has been in these missions where I'm really? trying to like bribe people. This bartender who I was going to try to get the key card from, he was trying to charge me like a thousand credits for this key card. And I brought him down to a hundred just because of my persuasion skill being as high as it is. Oh, that's so awesome. it feels nice when like you get that kind of return on investment on some of those skill points. Yeah. Um, Cause some of those, it felt like it was like, I don't know, for me at least, like, so much goes into unlocking a skill point that it's like, I don't really know if I'm going to use this yet, like, because it's like a whole ability exactly. Exactly. that I don't have access to. I personally felt like I wasted my persuasion skill a little. Like, I, I put one into the persuasion, and I only had the opportunity to use it, like, once or twice. Yep. I guess I just didn't get those kind of encounters, but I did not feel like I ever really made good on that skill in particular. But that digipick one... That was, I really enjoyed that. I would go out of my way to do those digi-pick puzzles. Yeah, because there's, it's, it can be rewarding. Like, some of these missions, I can sneak into certain rooms and, like, steal things that are really valuable and provide a lot of credits to me that I can then put in my ship or, and whatnot. But yeah, I've been having some fun getting back on Starfield. I've just been kind of pacing myself, taking it one mission at a time, kind of forgetting about, like, where I'm trying to get to. And just kind of mm-hmm. enjoying the journey of it. And when you look at it like that, it's really a fun game. It's similar to the approach of Skyrim. Like you just gotta you just gotta play it through and then you'll kind of before you know it, you're at a place where you're like, Well, I'm way more badass than I was when I first started. Yeah, I you know, on that note, man, I've really felt like in the past like year or two, there's been so many games that I wanna check out that I've just felt like this real like pressure to like I don't know, see things through or get to the end. And I really feel like, like I had like Eastward, for example. This is one that like really hit for me where it was like every time I logged on to play, I was having a great time. But then I'd log off and just feel frustrated because I was like, I didn't make it very far in the game. I feel like I've still got like so far to go. And like a lot of these like experiences, you know, can go on for hundreds of hours. So it's hard to, you know, feel like you're making progress in something it's so big but 
And I feel like that can be very frustrating. And I feel like I didn't have as much enjoyment of like some games I was playing because I'm like, I want to get to the end of this. Like I want to finish it. And I just felt like that was just like so far away that like when I was logging on to play and logging off, like I just was not having a fulfilling time. And it took me a long time to realize that 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 was going on. And I feel like, you know, there's so many games, you know, in today's day and age. I mean, even us not picking up any new games, like I'm still feeling the pressure of like all the games that we have to play and just like realizing that like, hey, it'll come. Like you don't have to worry about getting to the end. Like you should just hop on to play, like hop on to enjoy. I feel like that is just a good reminder to have, you know, in today's day and age just because there's so many things vibing for our attention. Definitely. Yeah, that's good to have that kind of mindset just to like, just hop on just to play. Yeah. I guess one question on Starfield though before we move on. Are, do you still have your starter ship or have you gotten a new one? No, I'm still still rocking the good old starter ship. <laughs> the good old Honda Civic, O2 Honda Civic. You know, if it ain't broke. It's cute, man. It's got some charm to it. It definitely does, but I'm getting to that point now where I have a bit of credit saved thanks to all my work at Ryujin. So, you know, I might get on the market of buying a new ship soon, but I'm in no rush to. I mean, if I do run into interactions where bounty hunters are coming after me, my persuasion skill has been high enough where I can just kind of get them to leave me alone, which is, it's really rewarding once you're like getting to that point in the game where you kind of like go past that uphill curve. Mm -hmm. And now you're kind of just like coasting. I feel like I'm kind of just coasting now. Just, going quest after quest. I'm not really running into too many challenges unless I put myself in those situations. So, Oh, man. I never got to that point with it. So I guess maybe someday. You'll get there, Blake. Starfield. Dude, I'm, I'm happy that you're playing that and that you're enjoying it. I'm excited to hear what's next for you at Rage. And... <laughs> Thank you. So what's your next game? Actually, I have a little update to give on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Okay. So I just want to say, you led me astray, Brandon. You led me astray. You told me to play the story mode to unlock characters. Yep. The story mode is called the World of Light, or World of Light. And would you like to guess how long... I had to look this up because I was like playing. I was like, I'm not making any progress. I'm unlocked like one character. Which, honestly, it's a pretty fun mode, but it's... I was not unlocking characters. So how long do you think it takes to unlock characters if you play World of Light? like the whole roster like with the estimated time probably like upwards of 30 hours yeah absolutely that's what it is in, in story mode but yeah that's my mistake i'm realizing now i'm looking at i meant to say <laughs> the classic mode <laughs> yeah. which is like because when i've played yes. smash before that's how i've unlocked them is the classic mode but i just like is classic mode normally the story is this world of light something different it's something new they've done with the last two iterations of smash bros where they have like this very like theatrical cinematic kind of which story that, that they put together is buck wild that's some of the craziest shit i've ever seen in video games it's amazing it really draws you to the ip you know it's just like seeing all those characters interacting that way it's crazy i literally was watching it happen and my jaw was open i was like what <laughs> i literally was like what is happening how is this like what is it ultra hand is it that's yeah it. what's master it hand there's master hand master and crazy hand, hand. Yeah, Master Hand and Crazy Hand? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just seeing them just absolutely consume the entire <laughs> universe and then 
make clones of Mario that you have to fight to free. And they have like red eyes. They like basically like imprison the video game character, yeah. steal their soul, and then like 3D print them. <laughs> it's insane. And then you have to fight that to free the... It's absolutely buck wild. I could not believe it. So I guess just for that alone, I'm glad I checked it out. But classic mode is where it's at to unlock the characters. I've been doing really good. I've made some great progress. And I've also on that screen, there's kind of a, like a window or maybe not a window. It honestly, it kind of looks like gates opening. It kind of looks like the gates that you would see, like when you get to heaven, like how those are like depicted in media where it's like these big golden gates that you kind of open. That's like, there's like an icon like that. And you click on that to do rematches against players you've lost against. So I just wanted to say that I think last week or I was saying that there was somebody that was really bummed about not getting. And that person was, I have them now, Zero Suit Samus. I was sad about not getting them. I now have them as a character. Yeah, she's awesome. I actually really like Zero Suit Samus. And I don't have a main yet. I'm still searching for a main. I've unlocked a lot of characters. I guess my main was kind of Star Fox. Actually, I've kind of been bouncing in between three others right now. I've been playing as Bayonetta a lot. Okay. I've been playing as Pokemon Trainer. I feel like I've got to have... Like, I'm trying to pick a sword character. A sword character that's not Link. I guess I should be a little more specific. There's Shulk, which I think they're like a character from Xenoblade. Xenoblade Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. Shulk mm-hmm. has that like red blade that's like really like intricate. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's his up B allows you to pick between like you can get like a jump buff or like an attack buff or like a defense buff. And that's kind of like on a recharge. So I think they're a very adaptable player. The problem is I, I really like characters that have a very like mobile up B. I found that about myself. And I feel like just because they have like a variety of options, they don't have like, I mean, when you hit jump, you have this. I just, I've been very scared to go close to the edges because if you are falling, you have to like select it and then do the up B. Right. And I feel like that is, it's just basically like up B twice. I don't know. I just feel like I haven't quite gotten there with them yet but i've i don't know i feel like i'm very i'm progressing still i've taken the controls i've switched the controls on my controller i've made it so that y is shield and my left trigger is grab so i've got right trigger is what are the triggers normally in smash that's shield shield and and then the the bumpers are grab yeah the bubble and grabbing i love doing that with samus because you do like a shock grab, Yeah, you like shoot. And then you yeah. can whack them with your other like hit. Yeah, that's awesome. I've also, I changed it so that when you hit up on the left analog stick, you don't jump. So I think that was a good move. And I'm happy to report that I have won my first online match. That's awesome. Was it a 1v1 or was it like one It was a 1v1. Okay. That's so cool. let me break this down for you. Honestly, it's I think it's kind of a really fun story. I was playing as Pokemon trainer. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give him a try. Like I had kind of like, I did the classic mode with Pokemon trainer. I kind of figured out their moveset. And then the next day I was like, I'm just going to hop in fresh. Like I'm not even going to like do any like warm up this morning. Like I'm just going to get right into it. And I wish I would have done a little warm up, but I didn't. It is what it is. So I get into this match. It's like one of the four person. Free for all. Yeah. It's like a free for all. And 
it's me and I don't remember who the other two players were, but it was me as Pokemon trainer and there was a Lucario. And I don't remember quite what happened in the first match, but I remember that like me and the Lucario kind of like took everybody else out. It was like, it was like Pokemon, like we're fighting each other. And then like we were fighting the other two. And then, then I hit rematch. They hit rematch too. So it was me and Lucario and he beat me, but he like barely beat me. So I guess the other two players dropped off. It was just the two of us. And he beat me in like the first round, but it was like close. And then I hit rematch again. And honestly, it was my error. I fell off the map and then I killed him. I took like one of his lives, but then I was like kind of at a disadvantage and I almost got him again and then I fell. So it's kind of like, I really, it was just like, it was my fault. So two of the lives I fell off the map and then, so then, so then we're back to three, third time we rematched. It was, I don't know, he definitely beat me, or I guess they definitely beat me, Lucario beat me. But I was like, I'm like, I'm still here. Like I'm learning, like I feel like I've got it. I feel like I've got this. It was very much like, I felt like a little bit of a rivalry going on. <laughs> and I think they beat me four times, three or four times. And then we got into the next match. I wiped the floor with them, kicked their <laughs> ass. And I hit rematch and I was like, all right, let's go again. Like, let's see how, like, see how long we can keep this going. They didn't ready up again. You must have really messed him up, Blake. (laughs) I feel like I had like a true rivalry and it was just like awesome because it was Pokemon. I feel like I had, I met my true rival and then I, I lost and then I kicked their ass. So So that's That's my first win. I'm glad to hear that. It seems like you're a quick learner. You're not going to get beat too many times. Well, I don't know. I've been struggling to find a player or character that I like. And I actually like, man, I don't know if it's been like curving me or there aren't as many people playing or I don't really know, but I feel like I've been holding my own in online. But I went up against this one like Pac-Man, like somebody playing as Pac-Man. They were on another level and they, they kicked my ass and they were kicking everybody's ass. And like you could tell that that was their main, they knew that moveset. And like, they're doing really well. So I don't know. I'm not giving up hope, but also there's so many characters. I I don't know how many I've unlocked, but I feel like there's still a lot more to go. Although I will say that I don't think I like Star Fox as much anymore because Star Fox is a very quick, they're very quick character, but I feel like the online matches are just already very quick. So I feel like everybody is just moving quicker than like against like CPUs if you know what I mean. Right. So I felt it was very hard for me to kind of like, and I feel like with Star Fox, I kind of wanted to like play them at a distance. And I feel like I was really struggling to play him at a distance. But if then like when things got close, like I feel like I couldn't hold my own. You know what I mean? Yep. Definitely. That'll happen with the smaller fighters. Yeah. So you got to really learn how to chain moves. Have you gotten into a fight where someone like, tosses you into the air like a potato and they don't let you get down like they just keep hitting you up that's the worst i think i've been caught in a mini one but like i mean i yeah i have not been caught in like a a really bad one yet but i have like in the classic mode i've been able to catch some of the cpus in those and kind of like like chain a couple hits but like nothing crazy but yeah so we'll see i guess right now i really like bayonetta because their side their side a's or the right joystick there, that move, it's very well telegraphed, but that one is, I think, really powerful up close. Definitely. And I like that because it kind of like opens a portal and then like a big hand comes down or like a big foot goes up or down. And 
I don't know. I'm not crazy about the way that the character looks. Like, I don't actually like the character all that much, but I like the way that they fight. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I haven't tried everybody yet. I've unlocked a couple sword characters that I haven't tried. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where you go. My little sister mains Bayonetta, and she's just, she gets very, very annoying with, with some of those moves. It's just like the spam, like the one where she like gets on her head and like puts her legs to the side and shoots. Oh, that's B. Yeah, that's the side B. That one, that or, I'm sorry. Spam, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's like the distance one. Like if you have like Link, it's like the bow. Yeah, it's annoying. I like characters that have that. I actually, Bayonetta's is very interesting because like, for example, like with Star Fox, they shoot basically like in the middle of their body and they shoot straight. So if you're on a parallel level with somebody, like you can hit them with Star Fox. With Bayonetta, their legs are at an angle. So they kind of shoot like upward so they don't shoot straight. Yeah. I've been able to catch somebody in like the shooting animation because like it's far enough away that like you can catch somebody in it. It's like multiple hits. So I think they do like two or like if you do one side B, it like shoots two or three bullets, but then it like pauses and you have to do it again. It's harder to hit people at a distance, but if you can kind of get it like in that middle to close range, like you couldn't really mess somebody up because you can kind of like pause them there. It's kind of more of like, I don't know. I kind of think of it as like a spacing thing. Right. Oh man, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm very glad that I gave this genre a chance. I mean, this is my first fighting game that you're new to the show. I'm really liking, I don't know, I'm liking how it develops, I'm liking how it plays. It kind of feels like each character, I don't know, this may be like a silly metaphor, but it kind of feels like you're playing an instrument. You're kind of like learning how to play that instrument against other people kind of. I like that metaphor, that's a good metaphor. The song of battle, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> learning how to play. But back to Bayonetta and that move, like. The way that her legs shoot at an angle kind of stops the jump. Cause yeah, yeah. Of- so if somebody's jumping like off the edge or like if they're jumping from the edge, like back up, you can like hit them. Oh, man. Yeah. I really wrecked somebody in online. I didn't win, but <laughs> I did a lot of like damage to him. Like I kind of caught him there and then I hit him with the side A and man, I don't know. Something's been awoken in me, Brian. I think I'm a fighting game fan. No, I'm glad you're having a good time. And Super Smash Bros. is definitely one hell of a a gateway drug into fighting games. So I'm excited for you, dude. We got to get in some matches. It's been a while since we can do 2v2 online. So yeah. To hop in. And you're main Samus, right? Yeah, I like Samus a lot. I like Little Mac. Little Mac is really fun. Okay. Just knock people out. Who else do I like to play with? Do you play as Dark Samus? No, I, I really play a Samus, just regular Samus. Why not Dark Samus? I don't know. I still like the movesets on Dark Samus as much. They're very similar. Are they that much different? I guess I assume they were very similar. They are very similar, but I just, there are a few minor differences where I've like, I've gotten so used to Samus over the years that I like, like the good old, like, you know, I just have that kind of by memory, the, the timing and everything. Who else do I like to play? Oh, I know so. The, the guy from Final Fantasy. What's his oh, name? Cloud. Again? Cloud. Occasionally, I like to play with Ness. It's like, just like okay. a fun character. Do you have one of those characters where you just like enjoy playing with them? They might be difficult to play with, but they're like, you just enjoy having a battle. I've been really feeling that way with Pokemon Trainer. Yeah. I've been really enjoying that. I mean, 
I feel like Squirtle is awesome. Squirtle's so fast. And they're very small. So they've got a small hitbox and they're fast. And they can like hold their own at a close distance. I feel like the down B, so you down B is switching between, you go from Squirrel to Venusaur. And I really, I liked Venusaur a lot at the beginning. Like when I first played as Pokemon Trainer. But now I'm, I feel like they have the most limited moveset. It's, but it's very much like, if you're in like a close quarters thing, like Venusaur is the way to go. They're very like, they keep it tight. And then Charizard, I've kicked some ass with Charizard. Yeah, Charizard has some strong moves. That rock smash is scary. Yeah. And then his side B and his up B are like crazy. Like I really like those because they do like a spin, a spiral of fire. Yeah. Oh, I really like those. But I feel like it's hard to find the time to like switch like to do the down B and then like switch to the other one. And then like, I feel like it's so different to, I mean, I think it would play very differently if you could go from like Squirtle to Charizard, but like getting from Squirtle to Venusaur to Charizard, like can be challenging to find that time in a match. Definitely, especially in an online match where everyone's like, they know their characters really well and they see an opportunity to strike. Yeah. I mean, timing is such an important thing in Smash that like people have, like mastered like jump canceling because when you jump you kind of get caught in an animation but there's a way to cancel that for certain characters so you save those like time frames and it's like when you see like the professionals play this game like it's all about those like little time frames and finding those pockets of advantage over your person it's very interesting to watch yeah it's crazy because i've been noticing that like for example like i've been changing how i jump so, for example, if you jump and then, like, use a direction and hit the shield. So, like, if you jump direction and shield, and if you do those, like, all in, like, the span of, like, a really close second, you have, like, an iframe where your character kind of, like, it, they kind of, like, phase out for a second. But, like, once you do that, you have to hit the ground again before you can jump. So, like, if you, for example, did that off the edge, it would be over for you. Like, you wouldn't be able to do the up B. You have to, like, ground yourself. So, it's kind of, like, risky. It's like a jump that you can like jump through things and I don't know if you can like pull it off. It's, it's really cool. I feel like I've pulled it off a couple of times. I've been like, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still learning, but man, I'm just having an absolute blast. So. <laughs> I love to hear that, dude. We got to run some matches. Oh yeah. Super smash. All right, dude. Do you have another game you want to talk about? Yeah. I've been playing some more GTA. Been getting prepped for GTA 6. In 2025? I think, yeah, it's when it comes out in 2025. Do you think it's going to be early or later in 2025? Probably later in the year, honestly. Rockstar has been known to delay releases and really take their time when things are getting released, especially with the advent of all these leakers getting their hands on the content early, so they probably want to switch things up and still have that element of surprise for us. But on GTA Five, I've just been playing online. Been kind of doing the same thing, Blake. I get in my really nice sports car. I just go on. <laughs> I go in a, like a ring of <laughs> grocery store robberies. So I'll go. I go to a deli, and I'll just like stick up the the cashier, and they'll like give me like one thousand, two thousand cash. I get in my car, raid the cops. Immediately put that in the bank because if you die with that and just like the cash, you kind of lose that. So I like, I've been incrementally just saving money in the bank. I don't know what I'm going to buy 
but how much just, do you have right now i'm at like 800k okay do you have like the nightclub and the yacht like do you have like all those things or are those a little bit above your no it's above my where i'm at right now i'm not that okay. that big of a criminal yet but i also haven't been doing any missions or things like that or races for money just because i haven't really been playing with people Mm-hmm. And I just kind of get in a random online lobby, try to survive. Dude, there have been some lobbies where I get in and I'm like getting hunted down on like a warship, on like a B-15 bomber. How do you guys get these crazy weapons? Like, it's you don't stand a chance, man. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm just a small fish in a big, big pond. Yeah, you know what they say, man. There's always a bigger fish. There's always a, a GTA online player that has done more than you. definitely there are some people that are just menaces just absolute menaces on that game but it's been really fun it's been great to just get back in there get back in the ropes i'd love to do some heists that's really one of the main ways i used to get money in the game it's just like joining a random heist lobby running a heist on the bank and you could end up like 250 to like 750 Mm -hmm. one good old mission assuming that everything goes to plan do you risk anything if you do a mission and you like it doesn't go your way i mean just your time that's about it you know which is which sucks because these heists can take a while and like how how long do they take i would say anywhere from like 20 to like 45 minutes dang and they're like a succession of missions that you have to do with the same crew if anyone quits it makes it that much harder if people like mess it up Mm then you kind of lose your progress or it messes up the share that you get. Yeah, that's rough. I haven't done one in a while. Neither have I done missions, but those are way better ways to get money than driving around and just robbing, robbing <laughs> stores. And it's just the quickest way I can see of, of getting money in the game without having to like join any lobbies or anything. But yeah, I've been having a good time. Just and you're survive. just not wanting to do that because you feel like you don't stand a chance just to like even like just survive really at this point? I mean, it's more so just me being stubborn. You know, I just don't want to like, don't really feel like playing that that mode of game in GTA right now. I'm kind of just enjoying driving around. I like the freedom of it. That's something I hope I get in GTA 6 as far as like, you don't have to wait in a lobby and there isn't like a set like, oh, do this now, and if you die, then that's it. You lose, you know, the mission failed. This is me and my car, and I'm really good at evading the cops. Like, I just I hit the highway, drive on the wrong side of the highway, and then I find, like, an open space and just get over there, hide from the cops. Cops usually won't follow you into, like, an open field or, like, backcountry roads. Unless they have like a helicopter. And that only happens after I've hit up like five or six stores in succession. Then they put like four stars on me and they send out the big dogs to try and get me. I've also been motivated a lot by One Piece. This manga I've been reading with these Mm -hmm. pirates. Yeah, GTA has me feeling like a pirate in some sense. Modern day pirates going around pillaging. It's fun. It's a fun game. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. I want to give it another shot. I kind of bounced off GTA 5. I mean, I've got plenty of time before the next one. So I'm not going to try and rush it, but yeah. I feel like I need to jump back in that arena and give it another go. Yeah, dude, it'd be fun to take you on some of those grocery store robberies. <laughs> and we can split some of that loot. Yeah. 
is that how it would work? We'd just like join in the same lobby and we could yeah, so like, do some missions together? Yeah, we do some missions together. We do some races. But if we were robbing the grocery stores, I'd probably do like, I'd be the getaway driver for one. You go in, you get that bag of money, and then you'll be the getaway driver for another one. Okay. Get that, and then, yeah, kind of deal. We might have to make that happen, man. I feel like that <laughs> sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just plotting to go around Los Santos and terrorizing these business owners, these small business owners. Turns from a video game podcast to a GTA crime podcast, GTA Five true crime podcast. I feel, I feel Actually, like that's that a great idea. That really would. That's like a fun idea for like a stream or something. Yeah, you know, there's like all those like true crime podcasts that are like this mystery was never solved, and then like you get to the end of it, and you're like, damn, like they didn't solve it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, there's so many of those. Actually, I. Not to totally derail us here, but I listened to one the other day. Oh, man. It was sad. It was very sad. Let me see if I can find it. We don't even need it. We don't even need to talk about it. I listened to one It was like the Daily, like an NPR. Actually, I think that's like a CB. I don't even know. It was about like this mountain climb. Actually, you would probably find it really interesting, Brandon. It was like a mountain climber. Fuck it, dude. I got to find it. It was crazy. I'm sorry. I got to look it up. <laughs> Let me pull up my Spotify. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's from the Daily. It was from January 7th. And what they do is they kind of have something on Sundays. They call it the Sunday Read. And they basically take like somebody's piece from the New York Times. I think it's from the New York Times. And they kind of just talk about, the artist talks about their article. And then they have somebody read for it. So are you ready to hear about this, Brandon? It's just like a crazy story. Ghosts on the Glacier is the title of this. 50 years ago, eight Americans set off to South America to climb. Oh, man, I wish I could remember how to say this. Aconacunga, one of the world's mightiest mountains. Things quickly went wrong. Two climbers died. Their bodies were left behind. Here is what was certain. A woman from Denver maybe the most accomplished climber in the group, had last been seen alive on the glacier. A man from Texas, part of the recent Apollo missions to the moon, lay frozen nearby. There were contradictory statements from survivors and a hasty departure. There was a judge who demanded an investigation into possible foul play. There were three years of summit-scratching searches to find the bodies. Now, two decades later, a camera belonging to one of the deceased climbers had emerged from a receding glacier near the summit and one of the mountaineering's most enduring mysteries has been given air and light. Yeah, it's just absolutely crazy. Basically, there's yeah, like a NASA scientist and like a bunch of climbers and they set out to climb one of South America's like, biggest peaks and like two of them died and the survivors had like contradictory statements and they found a camera. The camera didn't really tell anything or incriminate anyone, but damn, it was just an absolute crazy story. And it ended really sad because there's really no closure, you know? So That's kind of scary. You had me at the astronaut from the Apollo mission frozen there. Like I'm wondering oh. did he just like land 
from a failed mission or something and get frozen on the way down or no it's crazy so i guess not to like spoil the whole thing basically there like nobody was ever incriminated basically there was like a bunch of people that went up on this expedition it ended up just being the four like four people at one point because some people got like altitude sickness had to go back to the base camp and the woman and the apollo scientist they are the ones that died and then there were two other climbers and the two other climbers, they're dead. So, I mean, even if anything happened, it, it wouldn't have mattered. But basically, they judge, like, declared, like, we need to find the bodies. Like, they need to be, like, an autopsy. And I think there was some international pressure as well because, like, there was, like, a NASA scientist died on an expedition in this country, in South America. And it was just crazy because, like, the guy from NASA, like, he ended up having, like, he didn't die from this, but he had, like, this huge huge like wound in his abdominal region or abdominal region and the cause of death was a blow to the head Jeez. and the woman they found her body as well and her cause of death was also a blow to the head and the people that were guides that found the bodies kind of said like we've seen mountain accidents normally when people fall off mountains just from the fall their bodies are like torn to shreds and they're like, both of these people are like intact. You know what I mean? Like their bodies are intact and they both died from blows to the head. So there's a lot of like, what the fuck happened on this thing? I'll tell you right now, there's no closure. Nobody knows. So before you get into that, it doesn't really end happily. But the cool thing that or like why this is back in the headlines is they found, basically they found her camera and they were able to develop the film. Holy cow. And the film was really just of the landscape. So she was like also like a, a good photographer as well. So that's pretty awesome. Anyways, back to video games, Brandon. <laughs> I know. Actually, really quickly, can you look at this link I just sent you on Reddit? I saw this. So I'm part of the UFO subreddit. I hate to go on this tangent. But <laughs> there's this very interesting uh. photo of a specimen that was found in the wild. And it doesn't look like anything from our planet, Blake. I just want to see what you think. This just looks like a blurry photo. Okay, hold on. Let me open this in a different browser. All right, I feel like we're in dangerous territory here, Brandon. We're talking about unsolved mystery. We're <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast. We've ventured into UFOs. I think this is a good segue into your next title, though, to be fair. Okay. Do I need to click this extra link? The one details can be read on the original post thing? Yes. Yes, okay. I need to open the original post. Okay. So there are no confirmations at the moment whether the video that this came from is authentic. But it was supposedly... Oh, there's a video? I only see a screenshot. No, yeah. It's only a screenshot. But it was supposedly recorded because the guy, like, color corrected it and he improved the sharpness. I guess I don't quite see what I'm looking at. I guess I can't quite... But it, it was supposedly recorded by a guy who lives in Aloy Mendez near Vargina. I don't know where that is. While walking in the woods, he came across this being already dead and almost in a state of decomposition. This is... But oh, you, you oh, should remember I that the it. camera quality in Brazil in 1996 was truly poor. This is from a photo in Brazil in 1996. Oh, I see it. That's like a face. That's like the mouth and the... The head, right? Yeah, that looks like unlike anything I've ever seen. Hey, man, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say nothing, but it could be real. If that's yeah. Okay, do you see the stick in the photo? Yes. 
on the the left side of the stick. Do you see that as its like mouth? Not really. I'm not too sure. Oh shoot! Oh my god! I'm sorry. I needed to turn my head. Oh my god! What the fuck? That is crazy. Do you see the it's mosquito like... in this shot? There's like a little mosquito or like a bug on the like left side of the camera thing. Oh my god! That's funny. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so all right, I'll do my best to describe this photo. So it's very blurry. It kind of looks like a patch of grass, patch of ground. And it looks like, imagine, I guess it kind of looks like it's the size of like a human child. But it's got like very like thin arms. It kind of looks like what you would imagine kind of like an alien to look like, except for the fact that it just looks total, like imagine like those gray aliens. That, like, you see in, like, cartoons and stuff. Like, I guess they're called, like, greys if you're in the UFO community. But, like, it has, like, a very different, like, skeletal structure on the head. I could see, like, hypothetically, I could see if, like, this existed and somebody saw this, how they would, like, draw the grey aliens from this. You know what I mean? Definitely. And that looks like a decomp, like, a body that might have been there for a long time. It seems to be decomposing almost. Yeah. It could be. But it, it looks like the fake. eyes are still intact. But just the fact that it was 1996 when that was recorded, and I believe it was off of a VHS. So that's pretty hard to like doctor up and stuff. It's very interesting. I don't know. But again. Damn, that shit's wild. Okay. Good segue into Blake's next game. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good segue. It's a segue into another <laughs> Famous science fiction franchise. <laughs> a game based on the Star Wars license. <laughs> I'm going to be bringing, I guess, a Jedi Survivor to the show today. And this is, this is kind of rare. I feel like we may have talked about it once. And I just mentioned I was playing it. I've beaten the whole game. I've seen credits. I guess I'm going to give a full review of Jedi Survivor here. Which I feel like we normally don't, we don't always do that on a show. We talk about a game pretty, I mean, I feel like we really have not talked about it. So you probably don't know very much about it. And I've kind of seen the whole thing. So I guess I kind of just want to start from the top that Jedi Fallen Order, this is a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order was one of my favorite video games of all time. And when we started the show, it probably was my favorite video game of all time. I absolutely loved it. I 100%ed it on Xbox. I've played it again on PlayStation. I actually streamed pretty much the entire playthrough. It's on our YouTube. And I made, I guess I'll quote unquote, our most successful YouTube video. It had like 2,000 views on it. That's awesome. <laughs> actually, I don't know how much it has now. It had over 2,000 views and it, it went like a little bit viral, kind of. I posted it at a very good time. Cause it was right before Jedi survivor came and it was like kind of speculating on the game. And I basically, I was just very trepidatious. I was very, I was, I don't know. I was ready to get hurt. Not really ready to let the game in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like when you have a game like that, that you're just like so excited, like you just love so much. I don't know, like a sequel, even though it was made by respawn, which is one of my favorite developers, the creators of Titanfall, Titanfall two and Jedi fallen order. I don't know. I just was not really coming into this with like a, like a great attitude. Like I was ready to be hurt. You know, the industry is just, I don't know, just following it along has really just made me not feel super good about AAA games these days. 
I guess all said and done, it's a fantastic game, and I really enjoyed it, just to kind of get that out of the way. But we didn't count it for our game of the year, because I did feel like I had to beat it before I would have counted it for the games of the year. Actually, I'm happy that it's not in contention for the game of the year last year, but I guess we don't even have to go there. But <laughs> I had played 28 hours of it before game of the year, and then, you know, it's January. I've, I've since beaten the game. And I think I ended it around like 39 hours. So, and I feel like I'm a slower player too. So I guess that's like, I guess an additional like 11 hours of gameplay. Do you have any thoughts before? I mean, I really haven't gotten into it. Do you have any thoughts just right off the bat, Brandon? Jedi Survivor? I could see why you were kind of wary going into it. You know, sequels are usually not that. They usually don't hit the same as the original or the predecessors, so to say. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see your impressions of it. Okay. Actually, I guess to be a little bit more specific, the reason that I was trepidatious is because the first game, it had like a conflict and like had had like a call to action, like a call to adventure. And it was completely resolved in the first game. Like the first game, like from start to finish was a whole story. They told the whole thing. The story began and the story ended. And then when you're doing a second game, picking up those characters it's kind of like where are you gonna go because you did the whole thing like everything you set out to accomplish in the first game you did and i actually think that the first game was was incredibly epic and i think that all of the elements both thematically and narratively really match the gameplay it's something that i love in video games and it's something like only video games can do so coming into this we knew nothing about the story really they're keeping it very close to their chest and marketing material. And it has been since confirmed there's gonna be a third game. I will just say this kind of ends on a cliffhanger, kind of. I think they're trying to do the whole Star Wars thing, like make it a trilogy. And just with that, you know, with the Star Wars trilogy, historically, you know, the middle entry is normally the darkest. I have a quick question. Do you have a question? So also, mentioned- I can't let this go and go unsaid that Brandon raised his hand in our, um, <laughs> our, our Skype call here. <laughs> so what were you, what's your question? <laughs> so you mentioned Respawn worked on this one. Did Respawn also work on Jedi Fallen Order? Yep. It's the same studio okay. and they made Jedi Fallen Order. It was incredibly successful. At the time, EA, who owns Respawn, kind of said, wow, this really beat our expectations by a significant margin, like a significant margin. So, I mean, they immediately got the green light to make a second one. And within a couple months, like EA made that statement, they was green lighted to make a second one. The actor that plays the main character, Cameron Monaghan, confirmed they were already working on it. So it was like very shortly after that success, they kind of now, with that. I have another yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Who owns the IP to Star Wars? Is it not Disney? Okay. Yeah, so Disney owns the IP. At the time when Jedi Fallen Order came out, EA had exclusive license to publish Star Wars video games. Uh, okay. That had been a decade-long deal, which actually started in 2015. I'm sorry. I guess it would have started before 2015. Let me actually fact check this. But basically... Actually, it was 2017. It was 2017 because in 2017, that's when George Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney. Disney Disney then immediately entered into that contract with EA. It was a 10-year... Well, I guess that wouldn't make sense. Time doesn't quite 
I'm sorry. I said 2017. I meant 2013. Yeah. And who owned it before? It was George Lucas. Um... It was, yeah, George Lucas owned it. So Disney acquired the rights to Lucasfilm for, at the time, $4 billion in the form of cash wow. and stock. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Which in money. 2012, four billion was—I mean, that is—that's a lot of money. No, yeah, that's impressive. And you have to think that also a lot of that is was in Disney stock. Actually, less than half of it was in stock, which obviously appreciated in value. So in 2012, this was an incredible deal for George Lucas. In 2013, Disney entered into a decade-long exclusive video game publishing deal with EA. Electronic Arts, and then that ended in 2023, which is why we've seen some other like new trailers and announcements for new games coming out, and why in 2024 there's a new Ubisoft game, Star Wars game planning to be published. So now in 2024, it's going to be not Respawn, it's going to be Ubisoft, who now has right, the partnership. Right. So they no longer have an exclusive license, and here's uh, kind of see. the... So, yes, they still are going to make the Star Wars games, or the Star Wars... I actually really hate the name of the series. It's truly just Jedi. So I guess it was Jedi Fallen Order, and now it's a Jedi Survivor. So that means that the series is called Jedi, which I just think is kind of weird. Interesting. But whatever. <laughs> so in that 10-year time frame, which I guess technically 2023, this Jedi Survivor counts. So in the time frame of this exclusive deal there was battlefront one and battlefront two and we think we've talked about this on the show i mean i love battlefront one i actually was playing it about a week ago but (laughs) battlefront two it launched to controversy to say the least they had like loot boxes microtransactions like the worst kind to where they really want to get you in an addicting loop of buying them that's ea right that's ea so in that like time frame i guess it was 2019 it was kind of coming close to the end of that decade-long relationship or decade-long exclusive publishing deal. And at the time before Jedi Fallen Order came out, there were a lot of reports that were going around the industry that were like, EA has canceled more Star Wars games than it's published. And they were really struggling to, which it seems that that is true. Uh, and they had announced a couple games that they just never came to fruition. Um and Jedi Fallen Order just absolutely kicked ass and kind of restored a lot of faith that there could be an awesome Star Wars game. And it had a very concise story. The exploration and the gameplay were just impeccable, in my opinion. And I think that Respawn is really good at environmental design. That's one of the things that I really love about it. I think that when you jump into the Titanfall universe, it feels like, I mean, it's Titanfall Apex Legends universe. It has a feel completely its own. It feels like something wholly unique. And I felt the same way when you jump into like Star Wars. It's very striking because when you get into it, there's a lot of like, I think it's called like retro future kind of thing where everything in it looks used, like nothing looks new. And it's something that a lot of people struggle with when they make a Star Wars game or, or licensed product having that feel of Star Wars and making it feel authentic is really hard to do. And they absolutely pulled it off in in Jedi Fallen Order. So in Jedi Survivor, it was very kind of trepidatious. One, because there already, before this game even came out, there were reports that it was planned to be a 
a series like planned to be a trilogy and anything like star wars trilogy related the middle one is always going to be the darkest and just to kind of i guess give you like a brief overview of the story the last game ended and basically the whole crew kind of came together and they you meet all of these characters and you know cal goes through his own journey but you kind of start fighting the empire and that's kind of how it ends you're fighting the empire through the whole game but you're kind of running from them and only fighting them when you have to and then it kind of ends and you're like you're taking a stand like you're standing up to the empire and in this game you pick it up, and the character's been doing this for years. So Cal Kessis, the Jedi, they've been doing it for years. And you go on, like, an opening mission, and you've got a crew. It's not the same crew. I mean, obviously, Cal and BD-1 are the same, which are the two main characters. But, like, none of the other crew members are there. And you're kind of like, what's going on? Like, why aren't they here? But, like, what you're just like, whatever. Like, this is his new crew. And, like, everything goes to shit. And like the mission, like you technically get like you're after some intel and you're on Coruscant, which is like the capital of the empire. So like you're like deep in enemy territory. Like you've risked everything to get this like bit of intel from the senator and like your whole crew gets killed. Everybody dies except for you and one other. You make it out and like you have to like go back. So I guess the ship that you're on is called the Mantis in the first game. There's a character whose name is Grease, G-R-E-E-Z, Grease. It's their ship. It's made obvious that they lent it to you, and now it's like the ship's busted, you need repairs, and the only person that can repair it is Grease because it's his ship. You're going there, which he's kind of in hiding, so you're kind of like, I don't really want to see him, and you had like a falling out, and it's kind of like you get there and you realize like you're just like so burnt out and that's kind of the story is like you've been fighting the empire for like three years like nonstop. like your whole crew had a huge falling out and you're learning about that you're piecing that together and you're kind of just exploring the new world and finding a new reason to fight because this intel that you gather like you've kind of been like a guerrilla fighter and you get this intel and it's like a map of like the bases right like the empire's bases and it's kind of like all over the galaxy and Kyle kind of has this moment. He's like, well, fuck, we lost already. Like, it's over. And that's like right at the beginning of the game. So you're kind of just like, what's this game going to be? And it's really just about reconnecting with your crew and finding, like, what is your purpose for existing? Like, are you truly here to fight the Empire? And you end up, like, meeting some other characters that show you that maybe that's not what you want. Maybe you don't want to spend your whole life endlessly fighting. And you kind of get an opportunity to be a part of Grease's community. It's really awesome just like exploring this like home planet that Grease is on. And I guess this is some of the coolest shit I've ever experienced in a video game, Brandon. So Grease owns a bar and you can just like go into the bar, like walk up to the bartender who's a droid and their name is Monk and they are just hilarious. <laughs> and it's just like, you just meet so many characters. Like it's really just like truly about existing in the Star Wars universe. And you meet like so many amazing characters. And I mean, the story is admittedly dark and I, I won't spoil too much more of it, but it does not end happy necessarily. And there's a lot more that I want to get into, but I guess, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, like, I mean, it's a grittier entry, but I mean, there's the message of having and finding family is, is really at the heart of it. 
It's very compelling, and it sounds like a story of freedom and liberation. And it makes me think about One Piece's manga I'm reading, where the pirates are fighting against the world government, who kind of, the mystery is there's a void century of a hundred years of history that people are all like compelled to figure out what happened. But anyone who tries to study this history, they get completely obliterated. And so hearing about what? this story here, it's it seems like there are some parallels there as far as, you know, the government or, you know, what is they called here? The empire. The empire having like their own shady history and they're just trying to like take over and make sure that they don't have to pay for the deeds of of their crimes. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's really at the heart of all Star Wars. But it's funny that you bring that up because there's also a whole nother aspect to this where you kind of, in the beginning on this planet that Grease is on, you kind of stumble into a like Jedi archive or a Jedi, I guess a Jedi temple. I guess neither of those are really the right word. It's kind of just like a structure that was made by the Jedi, but it's not necessarily the Jedi that we know from Star Wars. It was the Jedi from the High Republic which was like a thousand years before the prequels happened. So like when you think of like Star Wars or like the Jedi at the height of their power, that's kind of where Disney is trying to take the franchise. If you have not been following along or not a huge Star Wars nerd, that's kind of where they're trying to take the franchise. So it makes sense that there's a tie-in from that era in the video game. But that is something that you get to kind of see and you see that there's like, there's a group which it doesn't really, it's not really about the other group. It's really more about the Jedi. But there's like a, a really bad group of people called the Nihil. It's actually, I think it's the word Nihil is only mentioned once in the game. So it's really not relevant. But like learning about the past of the Jedi and the mistakes that they made leads into what's happening today. And at the time, you know, the Jedi were looking for like a safe place to, because there was this kind of, huge conflict going on in the galaxy at the time that they were looking for a place to like hide and train padawans and that's just kind of like what the jedi are looking for now is a place to hide from the empire and be you know be protected and i guess something that i think is really interesting about this game is that cal's not the only jedi that survived you know order 66 and he's not the only jedi that is in this franchise I'm just going to say that. I don't want to spoil too much, but the Jedi from the first game are, are, you know, again in this one. And you get to see what they've been up to. And it's kind of crazy, Brandon, because I'm actually going to spoil this one story. It's very minor, but I think it's really cool and, and I think thematically very interesting. So I think it's worth it. The other Jedi, you kind of learn that what they're doing in this greater Star Wars universe is the rift that they had and the reason they split apart as a crew because they wanted to have a more peaceful route and they wanted to, you know, try and preserve what was left of the Jedi Order, you know, try and rebuild the archives, like find the lost knowledge, like try and maintain, you know, the books and collections of the Jedi while also, you know, if there were refugees helping move the refugees throughout the galaxy or like if people were wanted for protecting Jedi or if they were Jedi that needed to go into hiding it's something called the path in the star wars universe and you kind of learn that they create the path and they're the caretakers of the path which is just like such a cool 
big because that's like a bigger piece of the Star Wars lore. And to learn that like the characters from this first game that I love were the originators of that, and that the other Jedi in the universe are not fighting the Empire; they're choosing to do other things that are still worthwhile. And I think that that is the question, you know, that has been unanswered in so much Star Wars media. Is like if there were other Jedi that survived Order sixty six other than Obi Wan Kenobi, like what the fuck are they doing? You know, like why didn't they help Luke out, or why didn't they, I guess, just help? you know, the cause of the rebellion and like, why weren't they a bigger part of all of the bigger plots? And I think that that is really interesting that they tackle that in this game. Like, what are the other Jedi doing, you know? And I think that that's really awesome. I guess I want to shout out some more characters really quick. There's this one character, their name is called Peely, and they're kind of like a botanist. And they're just like this huge, humongous character, and they just love plants. They, they love taking care of plants. And you find them in the middle of the desert. And that's like, and you come to find out and like you invite them back to like your home base. And you're like, hey, like I'm trying to grow plants on this planet called Kobo. That's the planet where the majority of the game happens. And you're like, yeah, I'm just trying to grow plants here. Like maybe you could move all your plants from the desert and transport them to Kobo. And they do that. And then you meet them at the bar. So the bar is kind of like this hub. And Peely is just like, it's just, I don't know, I think Peely's awesome. I mean, I'm a sucker for anything botany related in video games, so I love Peely. There's also, man, I gotta tell you this, there is this like, imagine crazy alien looking, oh my gosh, here, I'll just send you a link so you can, <laughs> so you can, I guess, just see what this character looks like. I don't even really know how to describe them. I'm gonna try though. So they're one of the few characters in the Star Wars universe that have like a spacesuit helmet and they kind of look like an anglerfish almost like a star wars version of like an anglerfish what is this scuba steve <laughs> scuba stev is the name of this character and they're like a fisherman and i think what's crazy is they're about half the size of r2d2 so they're just like this really tiny character and they basically fish on the planet and there's a, like this huge fish tank in the bar and you meet Scova Stev out in the world and you invite him to come back to the bar and to like populate the fish tank. And he kind of becomes the caretaker of that. But he speaks in this like Scottish accent and it is just like absolutely crazy. I would try to do an impression, but I'm not quite prepared to do that. But he just like has these crazy outlandish like fishing tales from around the, the world of Star Wars Skovaskev, and it's just crazy. It's like unreal that this is like a character. They're just so funny. They bring so much brevity. I love how this character has a starfish on the top of their helmet, just chilling there. Yep, yep. They have. It's honestly, it's like ridiculous and so funny. Skovaskev, <laughs> just look them up. They're a crazy character. There's also, I guess, Monk the bartender. They're really cool. I really like them. They're honestly like. When you just like talk to them, I don't know, they're very encouraging to talk to you in the game because they'll like give you really kind of like they'll ask you like how you're doing and you'll find like if you feel the need, you can kind of like you get like dialogue options. You can say like, oh, like nothing's really going on or you can like tell them what's going on. And if you tell them what's going on, they'll kind of like comfort you and kind of give you some like great advice. I mean, like Monk's just awesome. They're very charming and just like a great, honestly, like imagine the most charming droid and that's Monk. You kind of meet these two characters 
there's a, a DJ and a, like a sound engineer. You kind of just meet them out in the world of Kobo. They're like capturing sounds from around the world. And they like come back and make this like crazy electronic music. It's just absolutely insane. Like the music in this bar, like it's actually like really good. You can look up the cantina music from this game. It's on Spotify. Like you just do Star Wars Jedi Survivor bar music. It's all there and it's incredible. And you kind of like find these tracks throughout the game. There's also these two characters that like somebody like at the beginning, like an early side quest is, hey, there were these like two weirdos that were just walking out into like the most dangerous part of the planet. Would you mind go checking on them? Because like I mean, they're off-worlders and like they just walked into Bedlam Raider territory. And, like, guess the Bedlam Raiders are like another, I don't know, bad guys in this game. So you go out there and you have to like, basically they're about to like get into a really sticky situation. And you just like basically save these creatures and they talk to you. But they say they're trying to develop a tabletop role-playing game, which is essentially D&D. And they're doing research and they're trying to figure out their story and, and who's going to be fighting. And you're just like, what? And then you kind of like, they give you like access to their like beta build kind of, and you kind of just say, hey, you invite them to come set up shop at the bar. So then whenever you're at the bar, you can go and play this like turn-based like strategy game at the bar on like one of those hollow tables that like Chewbacca and like C-3PO were playing against in the original trilogy. It's something kind of similar to that. Like it's on one of those tables, but it's like a different like turn-based game. And then you have that like something that you can do. And if you complete those challenges, you like you get like in-game rewards. And it's just like, they really went above and beyond here. And they did some crazy things that I'm, I'm very impressed with. I do kind of just want to touch on, I haven't touched on this at all. The combat in this game is really what you play it for. The combat's amazing. I can't believe we've made it this far into talking about this game without even mentioning this. But the combat is Souls-like combat. You have a sword and that's it. It's I mean, the bosses are very challenging. What I want to say about this is like, that's one of the reasons I love Jedi Fallen Order. Like it felt amazing to play with a lightsaber. Like it just felt so amazing. It felt like how it would feel to play as a Jedi. And they really did such a good job in Jedi Fallen Order. I was like, what are they going to do here? How are they going to improve it? In Jedi Fallen Order, you had the ability to use a single blade and a double-sided, kind of like Darth Maul. So you really only had two options, which you would think that's, I mean, you can have a single blade or you can have two blades. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'd feel like that's about it. There are five stances. So in the first game, there were two stances. And then there was a special move. So I guess it's not really three, but there was a special move you could do in the third game where you took your lightsabers apart and you threw one side of it. Kind of like a boomerang? Kind of, yeah, kind of like a boomerang. And then you had another, at the end of the game of the first one, you had one move that you, it's kind of like a combo in a fighting game, kind of. <laughs> Basically, you pulled the swords apart and you did like a slash with both of the lightsabers. So in this game, there's the single blade, there's the double-sided blade as well. I will say the double-sided, and they each have their own skill tree. So I didn't max out all of them, but I maxed out the ones that I liked. So the double-sided lightsaber was, they really made that feel a lot better in this game. Like what you could do with that was just leaps and bounds above what you could do with it in the first game. As soon as I unlocked the others, I just didn't use the single blade. 
because I wanted to use the other ones. So I can't really speak to that one, but it carried me through the beginning of the game. So the double-sided was just incredible. So single double-sided. You also have the option to do dual wield, which is one in each hand. That was my favorite, or one of my favorites. I pretty much had that equipped the whole game. And I guess really quick how this works. Whenever you're at a rest point, you can equip two of the five stances and you switch between those on the D-pad. So if you hit left on the D-pad, you pull out like one of the stances. And if you hit left again, it'll close the lightsaber down. And then if you hit right on the D-pad, it'll pull out the other stance you have equipped. And then if you hit right again, it'll kind of like close your lightsaber down. So that's how you pull out your lightsaber is on the D-pads. Yeah, so that's three. There's dual wheel, double-sided, single-bladed, and then a character gives you a blaster. So you have the ability to like absolutely wreck people with blasters. And I mean, you have the lightsaber in one hand, blaster in the other. So kind of, I never played Bloodborne, but it, people have said that it feels like Bloodborne. So you kind of use the, I guess the blaster, you can use it as like a parry or you could use it to like just hold it down and you could just like shoot like three stormtroopers in a row. It was really cool. That was fun. I kind of, for thematic reasons, I didn't really use that one very much. And then the last one was kind of like Kylo Ren's where you got a really long lightsaber and then you got like a cross guard. And it, the animation, like the way that the fighting style worked, I didn't think I would like this, but I really loved it. You were kind of locked into these big animations where you would take these like big sweeping swings. So you're more vulnerable, but you do a lot more damage. And I really fucked with that. That was like my go-to whenever I was in a hard boss fight, which you would think the opposite. Like you would think you would want to be quick in a boss fight, especially when you're, you know, you're in a Souls-like environment where all the attacks are very telegraphed. You'd think that you'd want to be able to have something that was very fast, but I loved the cross guard. I loved the slow sweeping, I guess, attacks, which is not how I've ever played Souls-like. So maybe... Maybe that's foreshadowing to if I check out one of those, maybe I'm going to have to make a big sword character. But yeah, I mean, the combat was incredible. Do you have any questions on the combat? It sounds amazing. I'm glad that they like iterated on the Jedi Fallen Order combat. It seems like they were really able to figure out what worked and really run with it. It seems like you really enjoyed that process, that experience. Man, I did. you're selling me on this Jedi, the Jedi game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this Jedi game is really cool. And I think that I will admit this just because, like, I felt a little bit of pressure. Like, we kind of were talking about earlier in the pod. Like, I wanted to just see the end of it. It was very much like a darker entry. I was not enjoying the story as much as I did in the first game. And I was just like, I just want to get through it. I will admit there was two points where I was just like, you know what, fuck it. I don't really even want to play this, right? Like, I want to see what happens in the story. I don't want to play this boss fight again. And I put the difficulty down. And I did put the difficulty up when I started because I, I wanted a challenge and I was so good at the first game. Like I played it multiple times. I, I needed to do that. So I deliberately made my parry timing smaller. But like when I got to the point where I was like, I just want to see this game through, I lowered it just a single time, which was to the default. It made the experience better for me. I don't know. I feel like there's still a stigma about changing difficulty but i'm very happy that i did it because i feel like had that not been there i feel like i would have just felt frustrated getting through 
a story beat, but I was already feeling jaded because I didn't like where the story was going. So I was very happy I was able to just drop it down. I guess now is probably not the time to get into the difficulty about, <laughs> or I guess a discussion about difficulty in games, but it was a great experience overall. That's amazing, dude. Jedi Survivor sounds like. So would you say that one, that this is darker than Fallen Order, and two, did it do a good job as a sequel? Yes and no to the second one. So yes, it's absolutely a darker entry. I'm actually still feeling a little bit raw from the story. I actually was really upset when the credits rolled. I was like not feeling it. I mean, like I was just upset about how it ended. And then I guess I will say, also, it is just absolutely crazy the amount of people that worked on this game. Because I kind of have this ritual where after I finish a game, I, I feel like I have to out of respect for the developers, watch the end credits. The credits were rolling, and then I made dinner, and I ate dinner, and it was kind of like playing in the background. Yeah. And then I noticed that the credits were ending, and there was a post-credit scene. And this was like an hour later. I was like, what the fuck? Like, the credits took like truly like almost an hour. Like, I got up, made dinner, ate dinner, like watched like a 20-minute YouTube video, and then like I was like, oh my god, the there's an end credit scene. So maybe skip the credit. I mean, I don't know. Do what you want to do. Go with God and skip the credits, I guess. But <laughs> there was a... <laughs> there was a post-credit scene, and that left it feeling a little bit more lighthearted. I felt better after seeing the post-credit scene. But I was feeling like very raw and like not happy with how the characters reacted to... I guess things of the story put them in, or I don't know. I guess I just wasn't super thrilled with how the characters reacted and also like how it ended. But then I feel like the post credit scene made up for it a little bit and left it on a lighter note. So they're definitely doing a third one. I'm excited to see how the trilogy ends. I'm hoping that they end it as a trilogy and they don't try and like milk it. I guess I don't feel like the story needed to be told. But I'm happy that it was told because it it had some like cool Star Wars implications. I don't know, but I'm very much in the weeds on that shit. So it was okay thematically and story-wise. I think it was okay. I guess, I mean, it ended on a cliffhanger. So I guess we'll just have to see. And in terms of did it like follow up Jedi Survivor, it absolutely followed it up in the combat. The combat's way better, which is crazy. I think that the exploration could be better because they really lock off a lot of it and they want you to experience it in New Game Plus. So there's a lot of the exploration and stuff that I was like, you know what, I'm just not even going to bother with this because I may go back and do New Game Plus. Like, you basically at the very end of the game, you get like a couple other options, like things that you can unlock. I guess you get abilities to further your exploration. Like, it's very much like a Metroidvania in that way. Where, like, imagine, like, if you didn't get that one ability in Metroidvania where you turn into, like, a ball, the morph ball. Imagine if you didn't get the morph ball till the end of the game. Uh, they want you to, like, new game plus it and play it again. And that's kind of how, like, there are, like, some... I remember in the very first mission, there was, like, a very obvious, like, oh, I'm going to have to come back here and do this. And I didn't get that ability until the very end of the game. So I think that the exploration was fun. I mean, obviously, I really like the characters. I mean, I've been talking 
for like an hour, it feels like, on like Scobus, there's Scobus Gev and, and the, the bartender and DJ at a fake bar. I mean, I really loved that part of it. So yeah, I guess it did. I guess it did hold up. And one more question. <laughs> Would you say there's a lot of potential for them to do a good job on the third iteration? Like, did they leave enough loose ends in the story or cliffhangers, so to say? I don't know. I don't know. The honest truth is I don't know because I feel like, yeah, it's on a cliffhanger, but I don't really know what's going to – like, there's no, like, clear path, in my opinion, for what they're going to do. I mean, I don't know where they're going, and I think that when you make a, I don't know, a second entry in the trilogy, you know where you're going to end up. I don't know where they're going to end up. So I feel like I don't know exactly why the story took these turns. So I guess it remains to be seen in the next entry, if that makes sense. But I I don't know. Star Wars right now is kind of, you either like some stories or you don't. And I think that some story entries are are better than others. So I think it was a little bit of a, a weaker one. But again, we don't really know where they're going. And the beginning was incredible. So you've got a great beginning point. There are definitely some good parts in the middle, but I mean, obviously they haven't had a chance to overcome that adversity yet. So we'll see how it ends up, I guess. One last question. If you had to put a percentage on how likely they're going to go past the third game, what would that percentage be? Oh man, this is speculation. That is <laughs> I hope they, the honest truth is I hope they don't. I hope they keep it at three. The only thing that I would say would kind of leave it at that would give it a higher percentage is it's obviously it's this property is owned by EA or it's developed by EA and I you know I think this had good critical reception I don't know quite know how well it sold so I'm hoping that they just kind of make it a, a third like just the third game and end it at that but the Cameron Monaghan who is the act the lead actor great for, actor. Yeah, for Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. He was like a TV actor. Yeah, I saw him on the Batman show. He played the Joker, I believe. Yeah, he's been in quite a few roles. You would definitely like if, even as somebody that like is not really very familiar with like the TV, I I guess, industry, you would recognize his face. Yeah, in the show Gotham, he was the Joker for sure. Apparently he was in Click too. Really? So I don't know. The one with Adam Sandler? I don't know. I guess so, yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he was also in maybe Malcolm in the Middle and Shameless. He was also in The Giver. Yeah, I mean, you would recognize his face. So I think that a lot of people are speculating that they're going to take this character into live action and put him in a TV show, one of Disney's TV shows or whatever. That'd be awesome. And they certainly did the casting for that. Some of the other characters as well would go great in live action. I was about to say something about a character, but I, for spoiler reasons, I can't say anything about you know another member of the cast. But everybody did a great job, and I think that that's something that's really cool about like AAA Star Wars games is you do really get like the chance for the characters to kind of you know become something greater, you know, with the budget and time that's kind of devoted to it. So I did really enjoy it. I don't know. I, I hope they keep it as a trilogy. I hope they keep it as a concise thing, but I don't know. Disney doesn't exactly practice brevity when it comes to their titles, so we'll see. Well, for your sake, I hope they stop at a trilogy and just keep it at like in a masterpiece. 
but we'll see. I think that if they really nailed the third one, I think it would make this middle entry stand out more. And I think they did an amazing job, but I feel like I personally just am not thrilled with the story. But everything else around it was just impeccable and amazing. So that is Jedi Survivor. Go listen to that soundtrack on the bar music. Instead of putting on lo-fi, put that on. You may be disappointed, but you may not be. I have it ready to go. <laughs> I found like an hour-long video with Jedi Survivor Cantina music. Honestly, it's really good. I'm about to listen to some of that. DJ DDEO. Yes. Yes. DD. DJ DD. He's a droid too. He's like a gonk droid. So those big kind of boxy droids that kind of like waddle around and go like gonk, gonk. You know those ones? Yes. That's the DJ, baby. So That's awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of a incredibly long episode for episode 87 there's more that we had but i guess we'll save it for episode 88 88 please join our discord i think that you'll have a great time the link will be in the description below i don't know why i said below i guess it would be below but it will be in our show notes (laughs) (laughs) the link to that i've been watching too much youtube man hit that bell subscribe and and like share comment Um, Yes, yeah, so share, comment with a friend. Right, I almost <laughs> said share, comment with a friend. <laughs> that would be helpful too. Yes, please. I guess since we're here, if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would really help us out. But the best way to help us is to share it with a friend. We have an Instagram and a TikTok, and we have a Patreon as well. And if you join our Patreon for as little as $1 a month, you get access to our quarterly bonus episode, which quarter three for 2023 is up and you also get access to our minecraft server so if you'd like to support us monetarily for as little as one dollar a month you get access to our minecraft server as well thank you so much for listening if you made it this far you're awesome we appreciate you guys thanks for tuning in to the best internet radio show on all things gaming and the games we love we super appreciate you guys and yeah share with a friend and stay tuned join the discord yeah Hope that 2024 is going to be our year. So let's hope that 2024, I don't know. I hope we find blessings in 2024. I'm getting tired here. (laughs) Let's end this up. (laughs) Do you have anything profound to say for the end of the episode? You know, it's an honor to be at episode 87. You know, this is truly a blessing. I'm glad we get to get on here and talk about the games we love and just what we've been doing, the strike that we're going on. I feel really good about it. And yeah, I do too. Sorry for all the people who, you know, lost their jobs here in the beginning of this new year. And hopefully they yeah. can find something else soon, get on some new projects. Yeah, hopefully they land on their feet. Best wishes for them. Absolutely. So I guess that's a good place to end it. Have a lot of optimism for this new year. So I guess we'll see you in the next one. See you in episode see 88. See you in the next one. See you in 88. Thank you.